0: How are you all doing? Delightfully warm. Feel free to fan each other if you would like to. There's plenty of devices around the thing. A Bible's a bit big. Maybe you might end up hitting someone by accident, but there's a few flyers around. Use that if you'd like. Palm of your hands. (laughs) I'm just saying, stuff as I prepare what I've had to say first. (laughs) I'd like to see you all actually doing it, though. So I want to start with... um, famous quote from a famous philosopher. We're continuing our series looking at Christian atheism, and the title is Believing in God, but Still Worrying Constantly. Believing in God, but Still Worrying Constantly. And I can look around here and see many people in whom I think this message will be quite important. And I see a mirror in which I look back at myself and go, Ross, you need to hear what is said to this evening. The famous philosopher says this, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. (laughs) Don't worry about a thing, (laughs) because every little thing is going to be all right. There is a profound truth to the words of Bob Marley, and a song which has been pestering my mind all week. So if that frustrated you, I've had that going on. Alice has had that sung All throughout the week, because this song is ingrained in my brain as we come to this topic tonight. Don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. Not in some vain sense, but in the sense that we worship a living God who is with us. Amen? And therefore, surely we can trust those worries that consume our minds. Um, I want you to turn to the people around you um, and ask these questions and discuss this. What are you worried about, and what kind of things in general do you worry about? What are you worried about now? So what's consuming your mind at the moment? And what do you worry about in general? Go. Some ideas. Not rhetorical. Genuinely asking for a dialogue. Get in my heart Deep. Yeah, wow. That's pretty as deep in that, <laughs> <laughs> that renders most comments, I think, after that pretty obsolete. <laughs> Anyone else things you worry about? Things you're worrying about at the moment, generally. Work, yeah, absolutely. Not being good enough. Not being good enough. Wow. Mm. Family. Family. Super, super being super busy. Yeah. Family. Family. Yeah. Yeah. Money. People worry about money. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Give me money. Okay. So for me, um, I come from a family of of worriers. It runs literally within the genes. If you know me, you'll know I'm a bit of a worrier myself. Um, My mum wakes up about 5 o'clock most mornings, and she's one of those people, when she wakes up, she can't go back to sleep, and her mind just switches on, and she worries about everything. How are the boys doing? Are they going to get there? Are they going to do that? How am I going to get that bill paid? What if Cole doesn't do this? What if my mum doesn't do this? Thing after thing after thing consumes her mind. Uh, And then my nan is the reason my mum is such a worrier, because my nan is such a worrier. We were always cued before we went to visit Nanny for a visit. We were told all the things we can and can't say, namely because we would actually cause her to worry. Whatever you do, boys, don't, don't make Nanny worry. Don't talk about that. Don't, you're just going to cause her worry. Don't talk. I know you love it, but she'll find it weird. Just, just don't talk about that. All the things we could and couldn't talk about. And my nan, in fact, worried so much that when she phones me, um, she'd be on the phone for about 10 minutes and she will go, all right, dear, it's been lovely chatting to you. Um, I'll see you soon. I'm like, Nan, all right, goodbye. Ten minutes I've been on the phone because she was worried, bless her, that she was taking up my time because I'm too busy to talk to her. Consumed with worry, worried more about my things. I wanted to chat to my Nan. But she was worried about um, how I was going to feel. And these genes have been passed on to me. You'll know that I apologize for everything. I'm that kind of person. If I walk into someone, I will apologize for walking into them, even if they walked into me, because I'm worried that I've offended them or hurt Their feelings in some way. People, anyone else do that, saying sorry for things they're not really, haven't done anything wrong. Just saying sorry, because why not cover your back just in case you have done something wrong? You don't cause offense, and therefore you don't have something to worry about. When I first started trying to uh, woo Alice, um, we went, I'm sorry, it's funny, it relates to the story. We, I had to go through this whole period of worrying about everything. I was stressing, like, oh, is that right? Am I coming across weird here? Am I stressing? And Ben's line to me for about a month was, Ross, you've just got no chill. And I'm like, Ben, I know I've got no chill. I'm worrying about every single scenario. I'm trying to be chill, but chill doesn't run in my genes. I'm a worrier. I'm thinking about the what-ifs. I'm really, how am I coming across here? How's that working? Worry can consume us, can't it? And I make jovial comments, but, but actually it's, it's a bigger issue than that because it can be the kind of thing that can take over so much of our time that maybe um, it takes away from our trust and relationship with God right? I mean, worry is a good thing. I'm not talking here just about the odd worry that, that you might have over, over work or something like that. that, that thing that gives you butterflies and causes you anxiety, because sometimes those things can be helpful, because we do them better, we prepare better, we, we, we get in the right mindset, but sometimes that worry can go from just being the odd worry to being something that completely dictates everything that we do. So the question I'm asking um, this evening is, do you believe in God, but still worry constantly? Do you believe in God, but still worry constantly? So to explore this um, particular topic, I want us to look at a couple of passages, uh, one from Jesus and one from Paul, who kind of inform how we can maybe uh, react to worry when it comes about um, and hopefully give us more strategies to challenging it. So Matthew six twenty-five to 34, it will be on the screen behind me if you want to read the words on there. any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's about you, but I found that passage really spoke to me this week. How does Jesus' words speak to you this evening? There's two things um, on reflection on this particular passage. I said, the first of two passages that I've been reflecting on um, this week, and I want to offer to you that seem to come out of what Jesus is saying here. Two words, if you like, that draw on more. And the first is is, is look. It may sound quite strange. Let me explain. We can get so consumed with worry and, and distracted by it that we sometimes lose perspective on how amazing and great the God is that we worship. That if just for a second we were to lift our heads up from our consumed worry, we would notice everything that God has created. We'd see the birds, we'd see the flowers, we'd see how magnificent they are, their incredible design, how God still continues to sustain them, and maybe for a moment have belief and faith in the fact that if he can do that for a bird and flowers, surely he can do even more for us in whom he is our father, in whom he gave his son to die for us. Surely we are even more precious than these wonderful things. Surely he will sustain us and look after us more. How great is our God? How precious are we in his eyes? And how committed is he to us? I was uh, typing in Do Not Worry into YouTube, standard for any preacher. You go to Google. If Google fails you, you go to YouTube. And um, as I was typing in Do Not Worry, I came across this video by a woman called um, Ellie Holcomb. And she writes this song called Do Not Worry, and um, in a band called Rain for Roots. And she says this about this song. I'm going to read you this her reason for writing the song, and then show you the song. I think it's something that will hopefully really encourage you this evening. She said, I wrote this song while I was pregnant with my little girl. I could not stop worrying about her. I remember reading this passage in Matthew 6 during that particular season and being struck that God tells us not to worry. It caught my attention because I couldn't seem to stop. Something amazing happened as I began to memorize this passage from Matthew and write this song. I began believing that I didn't have to worry because God is a good father who provides well for his children. I would start to worry and then we'd drive past a beautiful field of wild flowers or a flock of birds. And I'd remember if God takes care of those beautiful flowers and those flighty birds, how much more will he take care of me? I started listening to creation's song, and it changed my heart from one full of worry to a heart full of hope and trust in a faithful provider. I still love singing this song because it helps me remember that worrying can't add a single hour to my life, but that trusting God can bring beautiful and wonderful peace, even in the midst of uncertainty. Here's her song. So look, here's the challenge this week. Um, as as that worry begins to consume, the thoughts come in, and maybe you don't even know how much you worry. And in fact, when you go back and think about this message, you'll realize this week how much you in fact are worrying. My, my challenge to you is when those moments come and you're sitting there stressing about everything, look, maybe have a, a picture on your phone of, of a bird or, 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 or a picture of a place you've been that, that reminds you of how great God is. Go outside, go to the water, the sea, the beach, the rivers. we Beautiful surroundings in the Southwest, and allow God to remind you of how great He is, how precious you are, and how committed He is to you. So look. And the second thing from this passage is this idea of trust. Because ultimately worry is in the things that we can't control, isn't it? It's it's the what-ifs, it's the future situations, it's the stuff where we go, Do you know what? I can't do anything about that, and therefore we stress about every possible answer, worry about every possible thing that could happen, try and sort it out, because at least if we can think it, then maybe it will come into being. At least if we can work out all the possible solutions, then maybe one of those will come to be. It's, in a sense, a desire for control. And therefore, worry contradicts trust, and that's what we're called to do in God, right? We're called to trust him with everything, trust that he's got us in his hands, trust that he can bring us out of every situation, make messy and broken things beautiful, and yet how can we trust if we're so consumed with worry? Because in that we're saying, I want to think about and work out and control these situations when in fact you're the one who is in control, you're the one who has the main seat. Do you know what? I don't know about the results for my exams. I don't know what I'm going to get, but I trust you, Jesus. I trust you in all my preparation. I trust you in all my work. I've done what I can do. It's over to you. I don't know whether I'm going to make that next bus. I've got five minutes. It's a stupid gap. Um, There's people everywhere in my way. I don't know, but I trust you to work this out. I trust you to help me in this situation. I don't know um, what's going to happen in this particular relationship, where it's going, but I trust you, Jesus, because you're the one that can surely get me out. And this is what's coming up in Matthew six. Are we willing to, to to give up control and therefore stop our worrying, to allow Jesus to be the one who has control, to trust him, to seek his kingdom first, to seek his righteousness, to put him first in everything. So trust and look. And the second passage is Philippians chapter four, verse four to nine. Are you still with me? I'm seeing some dozy eyes, it's hot in this room tonight. That was weird. Philippians 4 4 to 9. You probably know it well. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God twice there in in our thoughts and the way we think, but also in our prayer, gaining peace when we pray to him, gaining peace when we control um, our thoughts. So again, following the same pattern of the last um, passage, there's two reflections I want to offer up to you, and I'll try and draw some of these things uh, together. So the first is that we're called to pray. How often do you, honestly, when you worry, pray? I think half the battle is that we don't even know we're worrying because we're so used to worrying that it becomes second nature to everything we do. So it just becomes part of what we're doing, and in yet we forget that we are worrying, and therefore we don't offer it up to God. Uh, the amount of situations that I've gone through, and God seems to have worked, and I get to the end of that situation, see the result, and go, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm not sure I genuinely sat down in a quiet time or something like that and said, God, I'm worried about this. Please help me in this situation. I don't know how many times, actually, I pray about the things I'm worried about. I worry about them. I talk about them. I moan about them, but I'm not sure I necessarily pray about them in the same way that we're called to, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a promise, and in fact, bringing these things to him, we will will discover a peace which transcends all understanding. Anyone experienced that before? You can be stressed to the nth degree about something, and you come before Him. Maybe you do look at creation, maybe you go to the water, and in that moment, you find that peace which transcends all understanding because you know that in trusting it to Him, suddenly everything is going to be all right, to quote Bob Marley, that famous theologian. But then sometimes we can entrust these prayers to God, but eventually we start worrying again. You ask, why are we worrying again if we pray to him? Is there a, not a point in which we haven't seen the direct answers to our prayer, so our anxiety hasn't necessarily been subsided, so we kind of start worrying again because we've given it to God, but he's not doing it really as quickly as we'd like him to. He's not solving the situation in the way we'd like him to. Therefore, hmm, I'm going to worry again, mate. You're not doing this the way I want. And Craig Rochelle um, in this book uh, a Christian Atheist, the place we got the title for this series. Um, he says, when we don't see immediate results to prayers, our tendency is to take back what we gave to God. But we can't. It was never ours in the first place. Worry is the result of trying to carry a burden that never belonged on our shoulders. If we, Christian atheists, make this attempt, we're admitting that we don't actually trust God. In our minds, our God is too small, and we must come to our own rescue. I love that last line in particular, that actually, God's not answering it quick enough. We start worrying again, saying that actually, if we worry, we can solve this better than he can, because we've given him the prayer, and really, he's not doing much about it, at least not in the way we want him to. I found that really challenging this week. So here's another challenge for you. Um, When you are worrying, and when you can see yourself getting in that place where it's consuming your mind, why not? offer a prayer. Why not have that as your reminder? I find reminders on phones the most infuriating things in the world. One, because the buzzer is so annoying, and two, because they never go off when I actually want them to. Whereas I found this week, in preparation of this message, every time I've worried, i thought about this message and been challenged to pray. It was really funny. That almost acted as a reminder for me, that the very worry itself was the reason I started praying more, because in worrying, I realized I was worrying, and therefore needed to give that worry to God, <laughs> if that sentence makes any sense at all. So we look, we trust, we pray, and and, and we think. And this is what you see in verses eight to nine of our passage, filling our mind with those things that are pure, those things that are true, those things that are noble, those things that are good, rather than filling our mind with those things that cause us anxiety, those things we're worried about, those things we're stressing about, those areas we want more control, those children that are a bit off the rails and we want them back on, all these things that consume our minds. We can't control the things we're worried about, but we can control the thoughts we have about the things we're worried about. When I was um, getting counseling for, for OCD, I did CBT, They like their acronyms, um, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, essentially facing those fears, facing the things you're anxious about and challenging the compulsions that come as a consequence of that anxiety. And my counselor and I, we had to work at that relationship at the start. I don't think we saw eye to eye, but when someone says to you, you can come back. And you don't have to be counseled by me. I can find you someone else. I'm obviously not going to come back to them and go, by the way, I don't like you. I want someone else. So we persevered through that relationship. And one of the reasons I struggled was we sat down one day, and she said to me, all right, Ross, I want you to think about a polar bear. And I was like, I've got an hour. Like, really? And she was like, think about a polar bear and think about where the polar bear might be. It's in the the ice, surrounded by the Antarctic. And she went through this five-minute description about a polar bear, and I was sitting there going... I'm sorry, I know I don't particularly look intelligent, but I'm not in primary school. Let's do another way of approaching this. And she told me this image, and then she said, you've got a minute, don't think about the polar bear. And then she gave me a minute and came back to me and said, how long did it take you to think of the polar bear? Three seconds, I think, is what I got to without thinking about the polar bear. Because the more I tried to force out my mind, the polar bear, the more I thought about this stupid <laughs> image in my mind that I could not get out of my head. Is that sometimes not the same thing when it comes to worry? Thoughts that consume us, our, res- our, our efforts, are our don't think about it, spend the whole time trying not to think about it, but the more we try not to think about it, the more ultimately we think about it. And she said to me, a, a really great piece of advice that I've used ever since is to imagine um, these these thoughts as if they were a train going past. You don't not acknowledge them. You know the train's there. You know the thought's there. It's there. It's a real thing. You have that. That's real. Acknowledge that. But don't get on a train. Let it pass by. Don't obsess about that worry. Don't obsess about the things that you're, you're stressing about and anxious about. In fact, just let them go by. I know that sounds a lot easier than it is sometimes to do. But rather than trying so hard not to think about it, acknowledge it. It's there. It's real. You are worried. Of course you are. It's a difficult situation to be in. But don't get on that train. Don't consume yourself with that particular thought. Maybe in that moment where you're struggling with your thoughts, maybe it's that moment in which you go outside. Maybe it's that moment that you look at creation, you look at the birds, you look at the flowers, and you see how great God is, how much he cares about you. Maybe it's in that moment that you go, do you know what? I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to give that to him in prayer. And maybe it's as a consequence of all those things that you can suddenly begin to trust God in everything and with everything. Think, look, pray, trust. Hopefully that's helpful this week in some way. Um, And maybe like me, as as you're worrying and stressing out, some of these things will begin to come uh, to your mind, that you'll begin to look at creation, you'll begin to control your thoughts, you'll begin to trust in Him, and you'll begin to bring Him these things um, in prayer. There's a few Bible studies that I would really recommend. I was looking at some of these on on the U Version Bible app. Um, the one, no need to worry. Um, is a video one, and I thought that was awesome. Some of the stuff he says even at the start really, really gripped me. So if you struggle with reading long scripts of devotions in the morning, that one in the middle, No Need to Worry, is fantastic. A great video devotion, Overcoming Worry or Worry Finding Peace. All of these devotions um, seem really useful. One of them is a listening one, a kind of meditation one, to help you think about some of these things. Um, So we're going to sing some more songs of worship in response to God, but I think if there wasn't a response to this particular message, it would fail to do what it was meant to do in the first place, so um, if you are someone who is an intercessor or someone who wants to pray for people tonight, please come to the front, Um, and if there is stuff that is just consuming you, and in fact you want this as a moment in which you trust God, and you want this strategy to begin to implicate what you do when you go out, please come to the front. Let's get praying for you. Don't leave here burdened and stressed and worried. Leave here free, trusting in God. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that that you are a God who is real, who works, um, and who does change our situations, and that we can trust you in everything. In this moment, with our massive to-do lists, we bring them before you. The simple worries that are easy to resolve and the difficult worries that, that are heartbreaking, whatever they are, in your hands we commit them. Amen.